This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. I'm Brittany Grover. And I'm Jan Westmark, and you are listening to this special monthly Sidelines Magazine episode of Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for September 1st, episode 3010. Sidelines is the magazine for horse people, about horse people. Good morning, horse world. Thank you for tuning in this morning. The Sidelines Magazine episode comes to you the first Thursday of every month. This month's episode is brought to you by Whether or Not Equestrian, and founder Rachel Geiger-Barker is here to tell us more about her innovative apparel. Rachel, tell us about Whether or Not Equestrian. What is it, and how did you create it? So it came out of necessity. Um, I was showing years ago in Saratoga, and you know, uh, Saratoga is infamous for rainy days. And in the schooling area with one of my best friends, we were laughing and joking. It was just disgusting disgusting getting ready to go in the ring. Um, and I made some silly comment about feeling like I was wearing a diaper, um, <laughs> but ended up sparking this idea. It took many years to get here, but we're finally here. Um, and it's, it's basically something that didn't exist that needed to exist. It's water resistant britches made for every day. They don't feel like a rain jacket. They don't feel like rain pants. They feel like any other top of the line bridge that you're going to wear, but they're going to keep you dry. Um, there's tons of science behind it, which is really cool. And they're also mud and, uh, mud and dirt resistant. So they're going to keep you clean. Um, I know Amanda Steed wore them the other day and spilled coffee on herself. She was like, it was great. It wiped right off. Wow. Um, so they're really, but they're, you know, I think some people are, are confused about what they're going to feel like and, and hoping to get them at horse shows so people can feel them and touch them and try them on. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're, they're soft, they're comfortable, they're super lightweight, they're really breathable. So you're not going to sweat from the inside out. You know, I, I really tried to bring together all of my favorite attributes from other bridges that I ride in. Um, and make like the ultimate bridge. <laughs> and wow. I think I've done a really good job. That is so exciting. So where can people find your products? So right now we're only on our website, which is one W O N equestrian.com. One obviously is the abbreviation of whether or not. Um, and we're hoping to get into some, we have a bunch of retailers that want us. We're just trying to navigate that at the moment. Um, and possibly at some horse shows, I have a baby also, so I'm trying to navigate how to do everything. Um, But we will definitely keep people posted on our social media when we know where we'll be, what stores will be in, all of that good stuff. Wow, that is so exciting. Well, thank you so much for being here. We're so excited to have Whether or Not Equestrian as our sponsor of this episode. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you. Find Whether or Not Equestrian on Facebook at Whether or Not Equestrian and Instagram at W-O-N Equestrian. Up next is Hope Glenn, who grew up riding and jumped into horses professionally after college with her then-husband, Ned Glenn, forming the very successful Sonoma Valley Stables and building a name for herself in hunter derbies, particularly. 
Her daughter, Avery, was born in 2005 and started riding at nine years old. Though Hope and Ned have now divorced, Hope runs her own sales business. She's a large R judge and still loves riding and training horses, but leaves the showing to Avery, who is an accomplished rider in her own right. Hi, Hope. It's so great to talk to you. Uh, we are so excited to have you on the cover of our September fashion issue. And people have been going crazy over that cover. But before we talk about that, I know you're actually riding right now. So tell us who you're riding and what does this horse do? <laughs> well, in typical in typical trainer fashion, not everything always goes as planned with your morning. I was lucky enough to have some lovely people come in and try horses this morning. So I got a little bit behind schedule. So why not start the interview in, um, on the back of a horse? I'm on actually an eight-year-old horse right now named Halston, who is a lovely 3-3 junior hunter that I just got sent to sell. And um He's just been out here and we're just, we're just doing our last couple laps to cool out. And I never like to, to skimp on that. He did a good job today. He's doing everything I'm asking him to do. And he has um, a trial tomorrow. So I always like to get on him and make sure I feel them and feel like they're ready to go. And I've done all the correct prep by them and they know the course so that they can, you know, hopefully show themselves uh, to their best nature to the prospective client. So um, that's pretty much a lot of what I do now in, in my business is sales, which I, I, I like. And it gives me an opportunity to be with a lot of different horses um, and um, have quite a few people come and visit me from all over the country while I get to sleep in my own bed. So um, <laughs> I, that's awesome. It, it has, it has, as as we all know, when you're on the on the road all the time, that has a real appeal to it um, in life. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so Hope, in the magazine, we have that beautiful photo of you on the cover where you're wearing like the cowboy hat and that fringe jacket. But um, on the first page of your story, you have that amazing picture where you're in a pink and white dress and a hat and it's pink background and you're eating cotton candy. And I know it was your idea to buy the cotton candy. Um, well, how did that How did that work out? Well, you know, I think a lot of people in the street who don't know me probably don't know how goofy I actually am. Like I have a very, like, like I'm, I'm, I'm a person who, who likes life. I'm a happy, I consider myself a pretty happy person, but I'm also the first person to, you know, crack a joke, make fun of myself, like just try to not be too serious, which I think is really important, especially in our sport, because it can get so overwhelmingly like with the pressure situation or seriousness or, you know, all that sort of stuff. And I think keeping it light for me has always been a way that I've been able to compete. Well, I also think horses like a, a certain energy with a rider. So I think that uh -huh. for me, keeping like a real positive, fun outlook, a calm, um, you know, energy about me has always transferred to horses. Well, so I think whether, you know, what came first, the chicken or the egg, have I always been relaxed and positive. I don't know. <laughs> Hopefully my <laughs> friends would say that, but I do think the horses have always responded to that well. So that's really how I tried to live my life. But, um, you know, the photo shoot was so fun and we kind of just wanted to do something different. And I will tell you, I was very intimidated when they said, will you be, um, you know, willing to be on the cover of our fashion issue? Because I don't consider myself exactly a fashion diva. In fact, I hate shopping. Um, it's like pulling teeth for me. Um, one of the reasons I, I brought my mom to Devon was not only to watch Avery show there, but also because I know she's good with like hair, makeup and, you know, I'm 45, my mom is 72, but the truth of the matter is I, I was still worried I might need her to dress me 
while we were there <laughs> because I'm just not that um uh I'm not that good with fashion let's put it that way um in fact during the photo shoot uh you know like the cover shot we ended up going to a vendor at Devon that we met and liked so much and then they ended up having the outfit for me to wear and they dressed me in the shop and then we walked down vendors row and there was a hat company selling hats and the photographer, Adrian, was like, this would be so cute with your outfit. Put it on. And we were like, do you care if we borrow the hat for the shoot? And they're like, no, it looks great on you. And, you know, it was just, that's kind of me, too. Like, okay, go with the flow. Um, you know, here we go. We're getting dressed down the Devon Bender Row for a photo shoot. Um, you know, that was kind of how it went. And with the whole cotton candy thing, we knew that the, the, the Devon Fair is such a fun, lively place to shoot at. Right. And, and we were like, okay, well, there's this, you know, fun dress that Ronner sent and it's in their Meredith collection. And what are we going to do with it? Because we don't just want the typical, you know, somebody standing there in a dress photo. And then right. we found that, you know, the fascinator for the hair and it was kind of all just a lot of fun. And so we were like, do we want to shoot on the Ferris wheel? Do we want to shoot, you know, and, and it was actually my mom's idea. My mom's like, you need a prop, you need a candy apple, or you need some cotton candy or you know, you need something. And, and like I said, she's much better at the, the, the design end of it. And so I, she bought the cotton candy for me. And then she's like, oh, you actually need a double. So we went back <laughs> and we got a second one so that it just looked a little bit taller. And, um, it, it, and then the, the biggest thing was trying to get me not to spill it on myself or something like that, because that would definitely be my MO is I think um, the last photo shoot I did for a magazine, I tripped over my own feet. Um, you know, it's, that's just a little bit, I, I look, I look fancier than I am. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> well, it worked out great. And oh my gosh, I love that picture. Um, well, and I have to say, it's funny because you either, I kind of feel like you either love it or hate it. Like, my mom loved it, thought it was super fun. She like, she's like, oh, that's my favorite picture from the photo shoot. Then my dad looks at it and he's like, oh my gosh, that's just ridiculous. What? Like, who, <laughs> you don't even wear dresses to horse shows. And, and where is their cotton candy at horse shows? And it was just, it was kind of funny because, you know, that's, that's art and that's fashion, right? Some people are right. going to love it and some yep. people are going to hate it. And I think anytime it inspires like discussion or, you know, just people talking about it. I think that's that's the whole point of the article and the fashion issue is to get people talking about it. And yeah. that and photo for sure did. Yeah. And I will tell you that um, we get a lot of complaints if we have a, a lady on the cover in a dress. It's weird. Some people love it. But then a lot of people don't like it because they're like, but you're a horse magazine. Um, <laughs> so that's that same thing. Like exactly what your dad said. Uh, so... We have we done can't it please I, everybody all the time. So we're right. doing our yeah. best. <laughs> that's right. That's right. But I mean, your cover is just, it's amazing. The cover's amazing. Um, so I wanted to ask you um, how I, cause I love this part of the story where you talk about how you stayed such good friends with uh, Ned, your ex-husband. How did you work that out? You know, I think it's a choice in life, how you want to move forward with any situation, even if it's say it's your marriage, but maybe it's clients leaving the barn or, uh -huh. you know, certain things like that. And, and my, my mantra kind of in life is, you know, the glass is half full and how do I keep things positive? Because for me, living with that um, mentality and living with that goal has served me well. 
and uh-huh. not allowing myself. I feel like there's real things to worry about in life. And I don't like health and family and all that sort of stuff. And I don't really have to deal with any of those issues. So no matter how I look at things, I'm truly blessed with so many things I get to do in my life. But, you know, Ned is the father of Avery, who is our only right. child. And why would I create something that needs to be a negative environment when it could be a positive environment? And and Ned and I have always gotten along. It, it, it wasn't that at all. I think we just were better business partners than, you know, a married couple. So when uh, we decided to get a divorce, it, it was something that we went, okay, how do we do this in a positive manner that's good for our child? And we uh-huh. have a child and we both work in this business. And, you know, I, I think it's a, a choice you make. You can either focus on the negative or focus on the positive and try to keep things above board. And that was a choice we both made. And, you know, I got really lucky that um, Ned got remarried to a really great uh, woman who I really like and mm-hmm. also is good to Avery. So for me, the fact that, you know, he's moved on, which is what I hoped for him and found a great person who also fits into our dynamic of positivity and raising a good child together is, you know, is a win-win for all involved. Yeah. I just love hearing that. That's amazing. Um, Impressive. Yeah, it really is. Um, So you talked about your mom who was, came to Devin with you and helped you do with the photo shoot. Um, And I know that she still does go to shows with you. Uh, Yeah. So, so my mom, I'm an only child as is Avery. Um, and, and my mom was the one who started me in the horses. She was a Western rider when she grew up. And so when I started, um, you know, she got my first pony for me when I was five out of the paper and, you know, it was, she was trying to make it a Western pony because she was really hoping I would stay with quarter horses and Western, (laughs) but I kept building, you know, whether it was a barrel or a broom over a chair in the backyard, you know, jumping was what I wanted to do. So there was no way she was going to keep me. on a quarter horse going <laughs> slow around the outside of the arena. <laughs> but, well, um, you know, she... as, as we know with aging, it's harder to travel. So I find shows that I can travel with her. So meaning I can be on the plane with her and I can help her get to the hotel and she's still, you know, physically great and mentally amazing, but just the pain of travel now is hard. Yeah, And yeah. especially, you know, I do it all the time. So it's second nature for me, but my mom doesn't. So she is very close to Avery, my daughter. They are super good friends, talk all the time. And, you know, as long as she can travel, I want to get her to as many places as I can so she can really enjoy it. Because when I was a kid, I didn't have the same opportunities that Avery has to show at some of these really fantastic horse shows on the fantastic horses she's on right now. And uh-huh. I know my mom would have always loved to gone to Devon or go to Derby finals or, you know, be at indoors. And, and because she didn't have that opportunity with me, I'm trying to help her have that opportunity with my daughter. And, um, you know, how blessed are we that we can have three generations that all stay in a hotel room together and, you know, laugh and talk about horses and, and, and enjoy, enjoy the moment. Oh, that's a, it's amazing. That's a really amazing. And it's a, um, something I think people should aspire to. If they do have a parent that's older, they should bring them to a horse show. How's that? <laughs> well, you know, I think, I think for me and, you know, I don't think everybody has as close of a relationship as I do to my family, but right. as I, I feel like if I can keep, I feel like if you, 
for me, the way that I would like to grow old is, you know, my parents took care of me. They still take care of me in a lot of ways, emotionally and everything else, because they're my, my very close friends. But as they age, I would like to, to, to go into a role of also helping them and, mm-hmm. and having them have a close relationship with my daughter. And, you know, that takes a little bit of effort from everybody involved. It just does. Right. And you life as you know, we all of us say all the time is short, but you see like my daughter's going off to college next year. And there's so this window of being able to be together and travel together and do some things together, I feel like is short. So this is the time to to make the effort to really to get it done. Yeah, absolutely. I absolutely love that. I um, see so much of what I want for my life in you. Uh, I have a four-year-old daughter who actually just walked in. <laughs> oh my goodness. Four is a good um, age. Four is fun so age. much fun. Yeah. Are you going to say hi? Say hi. Hi. <laughs> hi. <laughs> so uh, I just, I love how close you are and how uh, with Avery and with your mom, you know, both directions. Has it ever been scary for you as a mom with Avery being so passionate about writing? You know, um, I have been hurt a lot more than she's only broken a collarbone, but it, we know how dangerous this sport is. We, you just do. If you're in it, you get that it's a dangerous sport. Um, I find that I am less be- because I'm involved with the sport and I ride and I know so much about horses. I really then know what horses I'm putting her on. And, you know, I've been very good about keeping her mounted her whole life, maybe not on the fanciest horse, but on safe horses. And so I think that has reduced my anxiety about her going in the ring. I don't really care. I don't really worry um, a lot. Like I know some parents, like when their kid walks in the ring, they're really worried they're going to get hurt. I don't, I don't feel like that at all. Um, I worry more that it goes well because emotionally I know how hard she works at it. And I think Mm -hmm. parents can really relate to this. I know how passionate she is about this and the amount of hours and love and, you know, the sacrifices she makes uh, to do this and also the pressure she feels because of the sacrifices I make to get her, you know, where she is. And I, you know, even though you, you don't put pressure on them, they understand that, right. Um, you know, the sacrifices the family makes to try to, to, to do this. And I find that I just want it to go well because I can, you know, her disappointment is visceral if she is, if something doesn't go right. You know, if you go to medal finals and you've trained all year to do this and you have a rail or miss a lead change, it's, it's emotionally hard to watch these kids as, as tough as, as they are and as emotionally strong as they are. You can feel that disappointment in somebody you love because they've, they've been training so hard for it and it's going to happen. It doesn't matter how good you are how much you practice, things happen. That's what makes this sport so unique and so tough. You can't plan for everything. You can't coach for everything. So one of the things that's important to me with Avery is, you know, I train her at home all the time. We go to horse shows together all the time. However, when we get to medal finals, she is 100% taught by, um, you know, her equitation trainers are, are Missy Clark and John Brennan and then James Hagman on the, the West Coast. But I just fall into the role of mom nah. when I go to those medal finals because now, trust me, she will still want to go over the course with me. She'll want to overthink everything with me and all that sort of stuff. But really, I try not to talk too much about it. I try to just be like, hey, 
Um, can I get you something to eat? Let's go walk around. Let's make sure you get enough sleep that you're hydrated. Because I feel like at those moments, at those big time shows, she needs somebody who emotionally is there for her. She has a coach. I need to be the one that if, if things are up or down or whatever, that I can be there supportive that way. And, and that's, that's, that's the role I take when we get to the big finals with her. Now, like I took her to junior hunter finals. I was our coach there, but when it comes to medal finals, she puts a lot of pressure on herself. So I try to just, you know, be in the role of mom and it it makes it also a little easier on me because if something doesn't go well or she's not able to execute the track or maybe the horse isn't perfect, which, you know, she's very well prepared and her trainers are amazing, but it happens, right? Then I'm also not on the end of, well, I wish we should have done that better. If I would have just (laughs) practiced this, we could have, I can just be like, I'm here for you. I love you. I'm, I'm happy to, you know, I'm happy to, you know, it's exciting for me. I try to, to take the emotional, you know, kind of sports psychology route that is never like, oh, I, it was so great watching you win. I try to take the emotional route of, I love watching you in the ring. And, and that's a reflection of me being proud of her, whether or not she wins, which is absolutely how I feel. What does it mean to you to get to share the passion for horses with your daughter? Well, for one thing, I definitely think it gives me a little more street cred with a teenager. <laughs> you know, like I see, I see a lot of um, parents struggling through the teenage years with their kids. And you know, for me, I have had such a nice relationship and I get along with Avery so well. And I know a big part of it is because she respects me as a business owner, as a rider and as a parent and that respect, right? goes a long way in having a relationship. Um, you know, I, I am her friend, but I'm her parent before that. And, you know, I think the fact that we can sit, you know, whether it's on a plane or, you know, she'll come in the hotel and, you know, she's got the bed next to me, but she'll get in the bed with me and watch horse videos at night and want to talk about, you know, what I saw here, you know, she'll watch a horse in Europe jump, you know, a Grand Prix. And what do you think of this? And, you know, the funny thing is at the end of the day, sometimes I just want to go to bed. I don't want to watch another horse video. (laughs) But the the, the truth is the fact that I have a 17 year old that wants to hang out with me and talk to me and engage and wants my opinion. You know, I'm going to rally every time to watch that video because you just don't, there's, there's not enough time to have those opportunities in life. And I'm, I'm really lucky. Yeah, it's a dream come true. You know, that's that's what I hope to have with my daughter. You know, we're super close now, but you know, and hopefully we can yeah, just maintain know, I, that I, like I, you I have. It's so think, cool. I do think having that common interest is wonderful, but I also think animals, right? Animals, whether it's mm. dogs or horses or whatever it is, if you share that also bond of of spending time with animals together, I think that also makes for just a, an overall healthy relationship and, and, you know, a kinder way of living. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of dogs, I saw pictures of your dog Waffle on social media. I've got to say she's probably the cutest dog ever. <laughs> oh, she's listening to you. She's here waiting for me outside <laughs> the gate as I leave Hi, the arena. <laughs> yeah. So um, don't How ask you me get what her? she is. We oh. tell people we tell people that she's designer because you know you get all these you know breeds right now that are like crosses and 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 they sound sound fancy and we call her a Tijuana terrier because basically she was rescued out of Mexico but that makes her sound fancy. <laughs> so, um, 
So the Tijuana Terrier, we have no idea what she is, but she was rescued as a puppy with her, I think there were eight litter mates, all looking different, all with huh. different hair, all with different colors. And they're wow. rescued by Thrive Rescue, which uh, Cece Bloom runs out of San Diego. And it's just a, a wonderful rescue that they really do such a nice job of getting dogs from all around the Southern California area, but they also bring them to horse shows and fundraisers. And, you know, I had just lost my last rescue. So I kind of put my feelers out to Cece and said, keep your eyes out for, I'm looking for a female mutt, not too big. <laughs> and, um, it, it actually funny enough story about picking her up. Um, Avery and I were going to be at a horse show in Southern California when she was allowed to, you know, be old enough to get adopted. And we put a post up on Facebook that basically said, we're going to thrive. We live in Northern California. So it's about a, you know, an eight to 10 hour drive to where the thrive rescue was. And we're like, okay, well, we're going to be at a horse show down there. Maybe somebody else wants a puppy from the rescue and we can help drive it up to them in Northern California. Like we'll help if somebody needs it. So uh -huh. I put on Facebook just a post that said, you know, we're heading to thrive. If anybody is looking to adopt one, check out their page, let us know. We're happy to deliver it to you in Northern California. And I think we ended up with eight dogs and I rented a minivan What? and we put them all in, in our car and drove all eight mixed breed you name it, animals to different homes. I think the, the trip took us about 13 hours, but wow. Avery and I in the minivan with all the dogs, you know, hopped on the I-5 and away we went. And, <laughs> um, you know, incredible. they all ended up with great, great homes. And I think horse show people, you know, are such a strong group of people that adopt animals. Yes. And um, so for me, I used to have Jack Russells that were purebreds. That was the first dog I had that I really loved out of college. But, you know, the rescues are, are unique. They, I do think they appreciate life at a different level. So you said that um, uh, Avery's going to go to college. Where is she going to go? Avery signed with Auburn. So she'll be going ah. to Auburn in another year and is excited to ride with Coach Williams and the equestrian team there. And it was really fun to go see the equestrian programs, you know, these NCAA programs, um, the NCAA program in general for equestrian sports is really inspiring to see that they now treat equestrian athletes like football players. Yes. I mean, these kids are really treated like the real athletes they are. And I, as, as a parent and as somebody who's been in this sport, it was, it was inspiring and, you know, a little emotional to get to see that, you know, her work is going to, her hard work in life and in the sport is really going to pay off. You know, she's got a, a full scholarship there and, and, wow. you know, she lives in a beautiful dorm and has all the athlete bonuses. And it's just, it's, it's a really neat thing. And she yeah, really I, wanted to be part of a national championship team. So Auburn seemed a good fit for her. Oh, definitely. We've done, we do a collegiate story every month and some are um, NCAA, some are the NCEA. They're different ones each month, but um, no matter which one they are, I'm just always in awe of the bond that the girls make and yeah, their and, dedication. And I think, you know, I think a lot of riders, especially at the level that Avery is, is 
um, you know, think that they should just become professionals and right. skip college. And, uh, you know, yeah. there's a lot of, there's a lot of opportunity for Avery to do that. And both her father and I, you know, graduated from college and, and we really feel like it's an important thing to have, whether you use it or not, to be able to have an education, also have something to fall back on and, and, and be more worldly and well, you know, educated will never hurt you in any business, you know, this one as well. Um, so, uh, I'm excited that she found a place that she is excited to go to. And I do think that being part of the equestrian team socially is a really right. great thing because she will go into college having a group of people she can relate to and friends. Oh, I totally agree. Um, well, I just have been so excited to um, feature you in the September issue. And I have really enjoyed listening to your, your talk right here. And I know Brittany has also. Um, Absolutely. It's, you inspire us. And I know you just inspired Brittany about uh, not only your daughter and her relationship with her daughter, Aurora, but also maybe a dog. <laughs> oh, I want yeah. that so bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, I, that's, that's kind of what I, I love hearing that. And I hope that, uh, you know, people, people hear this and, and go about their day thinking things, maybe we should just be a little more positive and a little more kind and, you know, be a little more grateful because if we're in this business, if we're getting to ride horses and then we are, we are blessed no matter how we look at the rest of our lives. Oh, you're not kidding. Well, thank you so, so much. Um, uh, we just look forward to continue to watch your career and Avery's career and you being a mom. Um, and we'll keep an eye out for more dog photos. I saw one the other day of Avery holding one at some kind of rescue. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. I just love talking to Hope, especially about her relationship with her daughter, Avery. I know. And um, Brittany, both you and I have daughters. They're only children, just like Avery. So That's I have my right. daughter, Abby who is 29 and you have your daughter, Aurora, who is four. four. Yes. Yep. She loves to tell everybody that I'm four years old. My name is Aurora. She is not shy. Oh my goodness. <laughs> she will talk to anybody anywhere. And she's very much like me as much as we love adventures. So we've been going to a lot of amusement parks this year. And, you know, the first time we took her, we took her to Disneyland and we put her on uh, the jumping jellyfish or just the little ones that just for kids, you know, they just go uh -huh. up and down and up and down. And we got on there and she looked around and says, mom, what's it doing? I was like, <laughs> this is, this is it. This is the ride. Why isn't that one moving? I, I don't know, sweetie. There's nobody on that one. She was very unimpressed. <laughs> and it wasn't until we got to the bigger things that she was barely tall enough, like uh -huh. in her shoes. If she lifts her arms above her head, she was barely 40 inches tall. And so she could go on um, the, the hang gliding one, Soren. And that was the first time she started laughing. <laughs> and then uh, one day we were on our way out and... I had promised her a churro all day long if she was good. And she was good all day long. So she got her churro. And the churro cart is right across from Big Thunder Mountain. And she says, I want to go on that crazy train. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, man, I don't know. Because she was barely, barely tall enough. And she'd never been on a roller coaster. I just had no idea what how it was going to go. But it was the end of the night. So I was like, worst case scenario, she's terrified. And we're just going home and going to bed anyways. So I was like, all right, all right, let's go on the crazy train. And I 
sat down next to her and it's like a bench seat and the bar comes down over you both. And so it stopped at my bar at my lap, you know, right. and her tiny little four-year-old body. I'm like, okay, I just wrap my arm around her, you know, cause there's no seatbelt. And, uh, it ended up being the best thing ever, not just to keep her safe, but because all through this long, loud roller coaster, I could feel her laughing. <laughs> she was laughing and she was, she put her hands up in the air and was going, wee, and just <laughs> absolutely had the time of her life. And she still talks about it. And she's been on several massive roller coasters. We live not too far from Silverwood up here in Northern Idaho. And they have one called Timber Terror. It's one of the big old wooden roller coasters. Oh, and kind of same thing. I was like, I don't know how she's going to do with this, you know, but again, she just absolutely loved it. And, you know, all these people in line are watching her going, what's, you know, what's going to happen that she comes back laughing and they just, they get such a kick out of her. She's, so that's kind of our, our thing. We love going to amusement parks and to the fair and she always wants to go on roller coasters. In fact, on Saturday, when we went to the fair, I told her that there were pony rides. Okay. And she was so excited for the pony rides until we got over there. And she says, that's it. I was like, yeah, they're just going to go around in that little circle. I, I was actually trying to dissuade her because they weren't going to let me take pictures. And I'm like, if I can't take a picture yeah. of my kid on the pony ride, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to let my kid go on the pony ride. And uh, it was easy to dissuade her because she said, I thought it was a pony roller coaster. I was like, <laughs> no, sorry, sweetie. It's, it's so, so we, we took the money and she went on one of the little, the little itty bitty kid fair roller coasters uh -huh. that, you know, have the snake and go up around in the circle. And she loved that too. So she's just my little, uh, my little adventure buddy. We love traveling together and sitting on the plane together, just like Hope and Avery. And so I hope that we can continue Doing those kinds of things. I know that you've traveled a lot with Abby, right? You guys like to take vacations? Yeah, we have. We've gone to lots of uh, dude ranches together. Um, we went to one in Idaho, so it's very close oh. to you. That was amazing. Um, and we ended up going to uh, um, Mexico to... Um, for the children's uh, FEI show jumping because Abby won the children's FEI show jumping championship in Wellington oh, wow. at the winter equestrian festival. But I have a great story about it. Unlike hope who has great connections and she deserves them and has all these amazing horses. We had good horses, um, but we had an amazing short stirrup pony. Um, and Abby had outgrown him and I was using him for lessons, but he, uh, yeah, he was just great. His name was Flyboy. So one day we're at the ring. Abby was actually doing pony jumpers and they had moved the pony jumpers into the big grass stadium ring, um, at WEF. So huge jumps. They didn't even lower them. They were scary. So all the parents were standing there, you know, oh, gasping. Man. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, so her pony jumped around fine, which is, you know, just, it was crazy. But, um, I was standing next to this lady. And we started talking and she said um, that I guess we were talking about the ponies and she goes, I said, yeah, my daughter's ready for a children's uh, jumper. And she said, oh, yeah, we actually have she had more kids at home other than the one that was in the ring. And she said, I'm actually looking for a short stirrup pony as well. And I said, oh, I have a short stirrup pony. And she goes, well, I have a children's jumper. So oh, wow. she goes, would well, you want to trade? And I was like, well, maybe so. We go to her barn, which is, they were the nicest family. They had an incredible, beautiful barn. We pull up 
and there's this bay horse with a blaze and four white socks standing on the cross ties before Abby could even get out of the car. She's like, I want that horse. And I was like, well, you're going to have to ride it first. So she got off, uh, she got out of the car and she ended up riding him and he was incredible. I mean, he could jump the moon. Wow. Um, and so I'm like, there's no way they're going to want to trade this horse that they had imported from, I don't know, somewhere um, with my little short stirrup pony. So then they come out to our barn and I can remember as they're getting out of the car, I'm like whispering in Flyboy's ears. I'm like, you do not mess this up, pony, because <laughs> you're going to get an amazing life. Um, so her daughter got on and rode Flyboy, who was just expert would you know he knew to go to the end of the ring swap his lead keep going um you barely had to point him as long as you pointed him halfway to the jump he knew exactly what to do wow. so we actually ended up trading um flyboy and um keebler which is what abby ended up naming this horse with the white stripe i mean white blaze and the four white socks and um Jeez. she ended up winning the children's fei show jumping championship at the winter equestrian festival wow yeah which uh was incredible. And that is how we ended up going to New Mexico together um, to compete down there. Um, and Flyboy ended up, they also had a farm in uh, West Virginia. And uh, several times during the rest of his life, he he's no longer with us, but we would go and see him. And every oh, time wow. he'd be out in the field and we'd be like, fly boy, because they kept his name. And he'd come up and you could see the look on his eyes was like, uh-uh, I'm staying here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm staying in my beautiful rolling fields. Anyway, it was funny. But we visited him several times. And um, so it's a great thing to have a daughter and do the horse world together with them. And I know that Aurora was also in a lead line class. That's how Abby started. And Abby did the typical thing where she thought she was a princess, um, like Aurora, who dresses like a princess all the time, all the time, yeah. all the time. And so we're in the lead line class and um, her favorite color at the time was pink. And we've had other people tell us this exact story when we've done stories on riders that the judge um, it was not a, um, it, they didn't give everybody a blue. They actually picked, you know, first, second, third, like that. Oh, uh -huh. and they got to Abby. And first of all, the judge said to her, he looked at the little sheet and he goes, so you're Abby. And she said, no, I'm Rapunzel. <laughs> he looked at me and I was like, oh my gosh, just like Aurora does. Yeah. I was like, no. Oh, no, no. She said her name was Alice. That's right. Alice in Wonderland was her favorite at the time. So she goes, no, I'm Alice. And he just looked confused. And he looked at me and I was like, it's Abby. She just thinks she's Alice in Wonderland. So he just kind of chuckled. And then when it came time for the um, ribbons, they gave her a blue ribbon. So she actually won and she started crying because she wanted a pink ribbon, pink ribbon, which is of fifth place. Course. And she did not care. She wanted pink because that was her favorite color. Oh my goodness. That is so cute. Yeah. Aurora was very happy. You know, I had gone to visit my trainer in Utah and they just happened to be having a little schooling show. And so my, my former trainer was like, do you, does she want to ride? Like they didn't actually have a lead line class. Uh, she is just so cute that I think everybody wanted to see her on a pony. So my <laughs> trainer, you know, called some kid over is like, let, let Aurora get on your pony. We found a helmet that was, you know, way too big for her. It looked like, you know, an army helmet at that point, you know, yeah. on her, on her little head. And we put her up there and she just had the biggest smile and was waving at everybody. And, and, uh, you know, the, the judge asked the question, asked her a question and they said, you know, name one part of the horse. And she just <laughs> kind of looked at him and said, it's a pony. And they're like, all right. <laughs> like, That's awesome. And, uh, yeah. So she got her, 
she got her blue ribbon for riding her horse. And I'm sure that uh, someday, you know, we would love to have more horses in our lives and and more animals in our lives too. But uh, we certainly enjoy all the time that we get to spend together doing whatever we get to do at the moment. So, And somebody, I don't know who, keeps sending her stuffed horse animals. I don't know who that could possibly be. Okay, it's me. It's me. Every time. (laughs) Every time I'm anywhere, I see like it's Cracker Barrel, doesn't matter where, I see stuffed animals that are horses. I buy them and send them to her. <laughs> I know. She has a herd. I think she's got eight or nine little horses <laughs> just for me. That, that doesn't even include the ones that, you know, are slash were mine. And the other, the other day I heard, oh, they are all cuddling me. And I was like, what is it? Where are you? She's like, I'm in here. And I go into her room and she has tucked herself into, there's about a foot and a half between the crib and her closet. And she had tucked herself into this little nook and just buried herself in all of these stuffed animals. And she says, they're cuddling me because they love me. They do love me. And she's like, I found this one and this one. She just, she just is such a joy, such a joy. The Capital Challenge Horse Show is one of the most prestigious competitions in the country and serves as the first stop on the elite fall indoor circuits, hosting five equitation finals, jumper divisions, the World Championship Hunter Rider Finals, the $25,000 3 foot and 3 foot 3 Green Hunter North American Championships, and much more. The 2022 Capital Challenge takes place September 29th through October 9th. Watch all 11 days of competition on the free live stream presented by C. Jarvis Insurance Agency. Catch up today on Instagram, TikTok and Facebook and learn more at capitalchallenge.org. Are you looking to stand out in the ring with a well-turned-out horse and beautiful, well-tailored clothing and boots for yourself and your clients? The Ingate is a highly curated equestrian shopping experience that has cultivated pieces for both horse and rider in and out of the show ring. Additionally, the Ingate will keep your barn stocked with hand-selected and personally tested products for you and your grooms to keep everyone looking their best. From the website, you can contact us to set up appointments for fine fittings for riding attire and boots, as well as the Ingate's exclusive line of bridles and halters. The Ingate also offers a well-curated collection of equestrian-inspired products for your home and gifts for you and the equestrian aficionados in your life. You can find the Ingate online at www.shoptheingate.com, as well as on their Instagram and Facebook pages. We look forward to cheering you on from the Ingate. But that's so awesome that you've got to do all of those shows with Abby, including in Mexico. And actually, our next guest got to go uh, announce a show in Mexico. So (laughs) that's, yeah, that's pretty cool. You know, we are, we love getting to know different shows and each show kind of has its own flavor and its own personality. And so to try to get to know some of those. We're going to have some different guests come on. And this week's is Oliver Kennedy from the Capital Challenge Horse Show. Well, we're so excited to get to know more about the Capital Challenge Horse Show, its history and uh, kind of the flavor there. Today we have joining us Oliver Kennedy. Oliver was introduced to the equestrian world as a first grader, but had stopped riding by his junior year of college when he agreed to announce a show for another horse showing friend. Before long, Oliver had become a sought-after horse show announcer and built a career managing horse shows around the country. In 1994, 
Oliver created the Capital Challenge Horse Show in Marlboro, Maryland with Billy Glass. Capital Challenge has become renowned as one of the country's top shows, and we're excited to talk to Oliver about it today. He is a super busy man. We are so grateful to get to catch him on one of his very few days off, but he still is at the show, so we may have some audio issues, and we apologize for that in advance, but we are so excited to talk to him. Oliver, I understand that you have announced a lot of horse shows. What do you enjoy most about announcing horse shows? Oh, I guess, you know, the fun ones for me are ones where we have a big crowd. Um, Washington International or the Royal uh, in Toronto. Interesting one I did, the Global Champions Tour in Mexico City, um, where there was a Spanish announcer and I did all the English stuff. And Mm -hmm. uh, that. That was that was uh, that was fun. It was you know something new after doing this for as many years as I have. So cool. Did you have any idea how good you'd be at announcing when you first started? No, nah, not really. You know, I mean, it, it was my first horse show. Uh, was actually I think nineteen eighty four. Friend of mine was announcing horse shows on the weekends, and. Um, he had to go to a wedding and he's like, I let me do it. And, you know, we both rode together as junior riders and we're both actually uh, in the broadcasting school at the university of Maryland at that time. And he said, can you fill in for me for the, for the weekend? And I'm like, sure. So I went and did that. And next thing you know, that guy hired me to do two more. I think I did 25 shows that year. Um, wow. By the next year, I was doing the Grand Prix at uh, a bunch of horse shows, and yeah, many of the shows that I was doing then, I'm, I'm still doing now. You know, almost thirty, almost thirty-five, thirty-six years later. And then that kind of curtailed into managing horse shows, right? So, what is it that you like about managing horse shows and being on that side of it? So, yeah, I've done everything in my career from running, you know, one-day schooling shows up to, you know, the biggest, you know, FEI shows. I did, I ran Syracuse for John and BZ Madden for a few years. Um, you know, we started Capital Challenge from scratch. Um, I run the Pin Oak Horse Shows in Texas now. And I kind of started out, um, Russ Walder, who I was uh, working for at the time, asked me to kind of be his, technical coordinator and uh or assistant manager and that kind of blossomed into you know you learn the ropes of what you needed to do and then it blossomed into running shows for other people and then running my own shows i like doing the ones that are challenged but doing something that's different and like that Mm. you can feel proud of in the end of it you know started capital challenge from scratch how did founding that show come about um, I had a show date that I ran in Columbia, Maryland at the Columbia Horse Center. And the show was kind of, our numbers were kind of going down a little bit. Everybody was trying to go find a place where they could go show before Harrisburg and get indoors. And uh, I was, during uh, the Washington International one year, I was uh, hanging out with friend Spank Deemer, who used to be Margie Goldstein's uh, Engels ground person uh, and like her, her ran the ran the operation for her and Harold Chopping. Um, and 
the Marlboro racetrack, um, where the Prince George's Equestrian Center is now, um, used to have two days of racing. And so we were over at the old Capitol Center and we ran the 12 miles over here and went to the races and, and we saw the building going in and I was like, what are you build, building over there? And I went and found out, found people who ran the facility. And, uh, I, I had a friend who was uh, working kind of for the facility at that time too. Um, and went in and asked what they were doing and I kept an eye on everything. And then they finally showed me some of the plans and I was like, I want to run the first show in your building when you, uh, when you get it finished. And I had a show in December. They, they, they opened the building, uh, the last week of November of 93. And we ran the first show in there the next week, the first show of the year of the, wow. you know, the show year. So we were in there on December 1st through the 5th and ran the very first event. Well, Oliver, I just want to congratulate you on your amazing success with Capital Challenge. What does it mean to you to see what it's become today? Um, it's the work of a great team. Everybody that works for us, a lot of them are way overqualified for the job they took on. They kind of take on and pride. And I mean, I, I have, I, I bet I have more than 30 people who work for us for at least 10 years or more. And that's, you, you don't have that in a lot of horse shows around. I, I have some people that work for me at this horse show going on 20 years and one or two that have been here all 29. Wow. So, um, you know, everybody kind of, they always, it seems they're on their a game. They really, they work well together. Uh, you know, um, yeah, Billy Glass set a good standard. And when he retired and I bought him out, um, JP Bordelow jumped in and has taken over as, uh, the co-manager. And, um, uh, we've always, seem to be able to when we lose someone we either plug in somebody who is just as good or better mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. so it's uh yeah it's a true team effort well true tell team us about effort. the if that's a great because um a team effort is really what it takes to be successful oh yeah uh, yeah yeah well 100%. tell us about the yeah. Tell us about the facility improvements at the Prince George's Equestrian Center this year. We've heard there are. Well, some. oh, yeah, we've been well, we've been lobbying, you know, hard for um, uh, for a while to, to get to get them to, to move and get get the Park and Planning Commission owns owns a, a giant chunk of the and the county owns most of the land. And um, we've been we have. Uh, uh, Sheila Curry, who works for the county, her her kids rode with my wife when they were when they were juniors, um, and uh, she's always high on the facility. Her husband used to be the county executive here, her late husband, and she works now with the current county executive. And 
she brought them down and they see that the you know this is big tourism dollars for the county so the county kind mm-hmm. of opened their mind went uh, you know and, and and their wallets and went to the park and planning commission and they kind of teamed up um and with washington international moving here this year as well it kind of showed them look you have two of the the biggest hunter show in the country um, one of the biggest FEI shows, it's, you know, Washington's going to be a five star. They've had a world cup class for years and mm. huge history behind the show. And we kind of, both of us went Washington and, and myself, um, representing capital challenge. And we've been really pushing the County to, to make some changes and, and everything that they're doing here is something that it's not like it's only benefiting our two shows. It's something that benefits Every show that comes in here, whether it's the 4-H show, uh, Pony Club, uh, there's a rodeo coming up in a couple of weeks, um, you know, and, you know, the, there's a very strong um, kind of regional show circuit that goes on through here. So uh, uh, basically every every single ring on the place um, has had all the footing is redone. A huge undertaking here by uh you know the county and the parking planning commission it's mm-hmm. going to be great it's going to make you know give this facility a, you know new life and hopefully attract some new some new bigger shows for them well that's exciting and um, i just want to congratulate you on the huge success that capital challenge has become and i know that this year you've actually added a day to the equitation weekend oh yeah the it, since uh I, can't, I think this may be our fifth year of running the uh, EMO agent, insurance agency's three, USHJA three foot three uh, jumping seat metal finals. And our first year, I think we saw 50 something, 56, maybe 60 in it. This year, we're already at 176 entered, and they have up until Friday to enter, Friday the 2nd, and then that's closed off. So um, that that was growing by leaps and bounds, and uh, you know we kind of tortured everybody last year because it had grown so big that you know our first the first three days of the horse show were really long. So with all those people coming, uh, tell us for this: uh, Do you need volunteers? Is it free admission for spectators? Um, uh, free admission. Uh, we have a lot of great vendors too that they can come and visit and go shopping with. Um, so we we choose to go the free admission route um, to it. I'd rather bring the people in and try and get people in. It's a live stream. Uh, it's sponsored by uh, Jarvis Insurance Company. And it will be live streamed on uh, the USCF network wall to wall throughout the week uh, or throughout the 11 days. Um, and I think on some of it, Clip My Horse is going to pick it up internationally um, too. And um, we have uh, Mars Equestrians uh, sponsoring all the social media stuff that's coming out. Uh, we have a great team that uh, does lots of behind-the-scenes interviews and footage and uh, stuff of what goes on here, you know, so they can meet the riders. Well, Oliver, I just want to thank you for sharing um, everything about Capital Challenge. I know the riders are excited to compete, and I know that um, you will have plenty of spectators and volunteers ready to help with this amazing show. Well, thank you. Uh, It's a pleasure talking with you guys. 
Sidelines can be found at sidelinesmagazine.com, where you can subscribe to the Sidelines Scoop and get every new issue in your email free. Find the links to today's guests and the show notes at horsesinthemorning.com. You can follow Horses in the Morning on Facebook. Just search for Horses in the Morning. You can have all of the Horse Radio Network shows with you wherever you go with our free app for iPhone and Android. Go to your app store and search Horse Radio Network. Thanks to our sponsors, Whether or Not Equestrian, Capital Challenge Horse Show, and The Ingate. We'll see you on the sidelines.